Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to Totally Whole Blog Talk Radio, where I am your host, Dr. Rosemary Cook. It's my pleasure to be with you once again on this cold, snowy Monday evening, the day after Valentine's Day. And I hope everyone had a great day on yesterday where you spread some love and hopefully received some love. On tonight, we are continuing with a very exciting topic, our theme, Rediscovering Your Dreams. And in honor of Black History Month, we're focusing on who inspired you. As we consider our heroes and our sheroes, we look at their accomplishments, their their courage, tenacity. We applaud them for their success in overcoming odds to accomplish and achieve their dreams. And some of these heroes arose out of necessity. There was a need, and they fulfilled that need. And then some went on to accomplish their dreams by strategic planning and setting of goals. There's a quote written in the book Think and Grow Rich. Uh, Napoleon Hill is the writer. He says that a goal is a dream with a deadline. Your dream is the big picture, the vision reflecting what you desire. A goal is a smaller expression of your vision. But too often we jump into writing a goal without truly having a clear vision for our lives. What about you? Are you setting and accomplishing your goals? What hinders you from achieving your dreams? What obstacles stand in your way that keeps you stuck? On tonight, we have a guest uh, presenter, a guest interviewee, Dr. Maxine Thomas, Reverend Dr. Maxine Thomas, my long-term BFF. Uh, I've, I've seen her grow up. We grew up together. We were friends since the age of five. And she has gone on to accomplish great things. Uh, She is the author of the book titled, Dry Your Weeping Eyes. She was recently appointed director of the Women's Center at the Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. She is the founder of Sisters Keeping the Covenant. And she has a 501c3 program where she works with uh, young girls and self-esteem. She's an ordained itinerant elder in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, and she serves there as the assistant pastor with her husband, the Reverend Troy I. Thomas, at the Quinn Chapel AME Church in Louisville, Kentucky. So on tonight. We want to allow 
Dr. Thomas to talk to us about dreams and goals and, you know, as an author, uh, as a person who has created programs that addresses self-esteem in young girls. We really want to hear what she has to say about self-esteem, particularly as it relates to our young girls. So I want to invite uh, Dr. Thomas on the line. Hello. Dr. Thomas, are you there? Hi. Yes, I am. Hi, Dr. Cook. How are you tonight? I'm doing very well, thank you, and I'm excited. And thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of your exciting radio broadcast. And I was, uh, you know, looking forward to participating um, to just share with your listening audience. Yes, I'm excited to have you to come and to share with us as as we have been continuing with this topic, rediscovering your dreams. And I throw the question out there to my listeners, are there dreams inside of you that have not been fulfilled? And as I look at your resume, uh, Dr. Thomas, I know that you uh, did not begin where you are. There had to be something that inspired you to fulfill your goals and your dreams. And I just want to ask you this question. First question. Going mm-hmm. back to what were your dreams? Did you have dreams as a child? And what were they? Um, as a child, I always dreamed of um, one day becoming an educator. And I always felt that a teacher um, had a lot of influence and could um, positively impact his or her students even beyond the classroom. Um, setting. So that was one of my first dreams. And then as I continued on, um, um, I basically um, was a high achiever, and so were you, Dr. Cook, because we were (laughs) always in the same um, reading group and whatever we did, we were always together because um, God had left both of us to have a passion for education. And so, um, you know, as I said, my um, dream and passion was to um, become an educator. And I did not know at the time that my edu- um, being an educator would also entail becoming a preacher. Um, and so as time goes on, as of course it does, God continues to mold and shape us and prepare us for the future and those um, things that he has for us, and I might say for the dream that God has for us. Because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans that I have for you. And God already had a plan for my life, and it would include uh, my original dream, but um, so much more. And, of course, there are, you know, of course, there are some detours and some things that happen in between and maybe some areas in um, our lives and in my life in this case that needed to be groomed and worked on because God took me in the direction of um, continuing with my education but also pursuing um, the field of mass communication. And so my original dream um, is continuing to be played out as I'm also one who is involved in communicating to the masses through preaching and teaching the Word of God And also God allowed me an opportunity to fulfill a passion and dream of actually becoming 
um, an adjunct professor and, um, you know, just helping to shape and mold the minds of young people continually and also to be a, um, a, a role model because as an educator, which is my dream and passion, um, it's not um, only teaching from a textbook but also setting a good example and influencing, as I said before, influencing the lives of young people and older people too. Well, let me so, um, yeah. mm-hmm. question because we grew up together, and and I know that people who are listening, they see the, the end result. They see the product. They don't often see the obstacles, the setbacks, and all of the other challenges that uh, dreamers face, and particularly uh, women and African Americans. Uh, because sometimes people look at where an individual is today and say, I can never do that. I can never achieve what they have achieved. Mm -hmm. So what can you say about overcoming obstacles? Were there obstacles that you had to overcome? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, there there were some obstacles, and I think, for me, some of my main challenges were internal obstacles and um, just things in, I guess I could say, within me that probably could have um, stopped or blocked me from moving forward sooner. Um, and I'm still in process. As the Apostle Paul said, I, I have not reached the mark yet. But um, one of those obstacles was um, basically um, overcoming my shyness. Because I was always, I considered myself to be an introvert, and even though, um, you know, we were high achievers, both you and myself, um, I I remember times when I was younger where I would feel so um, trapped within myself that I, I I could sit in a room and everybody else could participate in the discussion Um, or in the group um, setting, and I would sit there and and not say a word. And it was not because I didn't have um, something to say or to share, but it was um, I just was shy and, you know, introverted, kind of uh, not really um, knowing how to actually speak up and to share um, what it was that was going on and what ideas um, that I may have had. Um, and, And, you know, and now when I share that with others, that I had to overcome that, and I still feel to some extent that I am still, I, I would like to be a little more outgoing and a little more outspoken, but um, there are people who um, have come, there are people who came into my life that served as role models and it helped me to um, sort of come out of my shell and place me in positions, for example, um, that, uh, that, that caused me to be in front of people and one such position was I became a steward when I was at Bethel, Baltimore. I was appointed as a junior steward as a result of um, of my academic achievements. And the pastor at that time had heard about, you know, some honors that I, that I had won. And he made me a steward, so that placed me, I guess, a little bit more closer to coming out of my shell. And then I became a youth leader within my church. And, you know, so God, you know, always sends people and sets up situations that helps us to come through those roadblocks and those obstacles or or those seeming obstacles that would stop us from reaching our goals. 
Amen. And so then and, I became a, a public speaker, and people say now, uh, and I still say every now and then I'll say, well, I'm really shy, and people say, no, you're not. I can't believe that. <laughs> right. But, uh, but mm-hmm. and when they look at, you know, what you do, and, you, and you're such a public person in all mm-hmm. of your activities, and people would never imagine that you suffered with shyness. And oh, you, yes. Mm-hmm. That's something that's key, and you mentioned the opportunities that were placed before you and the, the people that God mm-hmm. uh, put around you, and I always believe that uh, where there is vision, because you said you, you did have a dream as a child, and you mm-hmm. you know you that dream even though there were some internal obstacles that might not have mm-hmm. facilitated the fulfillment, but God provided the resources uh, that was necessary to bring that dream to fruition. Yes. And yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. One, one more thing, because I have some listeners who are probably uh, educators, yes. you know, persons mm-hmm. who are clergy or, or leaders in the church, and, 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 I, and I think what is so significant is that the church can be the place for us to begin to work on our dreams, work on ourselves so that we can gain that confidence so that we can go yes. on and fulfill the visions that God has given us. So so thank you for, for sharing that. Go ahead, Dr. Thomas. Yes, and the church is the place where we can um, come out of our shell and where we can learn and where we can expand and grow. And another obstacle that I had was that I – wanted to stay a little girl. I wanted I didn't really want to grow up. And I don't know if the listening audience, if there's anyone um out there that can relate to that. I remember when I turned eighteen years old I cried because I wanted to still be a little girl. And um, you know, but at the same time I didn't realize in fact my pastor's wife said to me, she said, Maxine, every time I talk to you, each time I talk to you, I'm going to just call you woman. And so when I would call her and talk to her on the telephone, she would say woman instead of calling me Maxine because she knew that I had the tendency, and that was, you know, once again another um, seeming obstacle or roadblock because I I, um, didn't want to grow up. But um, Mm. God placed this um, pastor's wife um, in my life, and he placed others in my life who became mentors and role models for me that helped me to expand and grow. And then ironically, as God would have it, I ended up actually becoming the minister to women and having a ministry to women when for so long I wanted to remain a little girl. And so I find it to be quite interesting how sometimes God can use some of the things that we are uh, avoiding because I was avoiding growing up, but God had a ministry to women that he was birthing and incubating and birthing on the inside of me. Hallelujah. That is just awesome how people, they can speak life, you know, life and Mm -hmm. death, power of the tongue. And I thank God that he surrounded you and he surrounds us with people that Mm -hmm. that, can speak into us those things that God, you know, has placed uh, inside of us. And, you know, as you were talking, I can definitely relate to what you're saying as it relates to shyness, because I too mm-hmm. was shy and didn't talk. Mm-hmm. 
I remember. <laughs> yes, and look at you now. God is awesome. Being the youngest child, uh, I didn't really have a voice. I didn't know my voice. And I had a, a sister who's next to me. She was always. Mm-hmm. So when I would be around her, she would talk and I would be okay being quiet. It didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I think back, you know, God uh-huh. has a way of bringing us out of the shadows and and putting yes. us in the forefront of life and of, of situations. And I can remember when <clears throat> I was working uh, as a mm-hmm. HIV coordinator at this clinic, and uh, one of the the clients there recognized me, and he mm-hmm. said and your sisters, you would always sit on the steps. And mm. parents were very protective. And, uh, you know, I didn't go outside much, but when we did go, we sat on the steps. Mm-hmm. You know, and how God will use people to uh, yes. call forth what God yes. has planned when I heard that young man say that to me, you know, being a sheltered child, a very shy child, and he said, mm-hmm. you were always steps. And it was at that time that God said, it's time to get off of the steps. Mm, praise God. Yes, and, you know, and, and sometimes even the things that, that really the enemy could have used, um, you know, to stop us and to uh, disallow us to move forward in what God had for us, the dream that God had for our lives, um, the Lord would use that self-same thing to bring glory and honor to himself and, uh, you know, to bring us out so that we can um, be a positive influence and we can share our testimony with someone else. And I find that, you know, in ministering to women that, there is power in our stories, and that's one um, empowering component of ministry to women is um, women telling their stories to each other. And, and, and that's so important because a lot of times we think that whatever we went through, that we were going through it for ourselves, whether it was being shy, whether it was, uh, you know, being abused, whether it was being abandoned or neglected by someone. All of us, each of us has a story to tell. And our story is not just for ourselves, but it's so that somebody else can be set free. And that's why I'm so excited about ministering to women because I know that when we get together, we can encourage one another and we can help to nurture one another. And that is so very important. When I hold back my story and don't share my story with someone else, then I could be hindering that person from receiving their healing, from receiving their breakthrough and their blessing. Dr. Thomas, can you repeat that because there was some interference. Um, the last sentence when you share your when you don't share your story, can you repeat that? Oh yes. When we fail to share our story, we could be actually hindering somebody else's break breakthrough and their blessing. And Amen. so we can't be stingy, you know, with um, you know, and hold our stories in. And, and not share them with, well, of course, you know, we have to be responsible. We have to, you know, for example, um, in sharing our stories, we have to make sure that we're being led by the Spirit. God will show us what to say and, and uh-huh. who to say it to and how to say it. Wow. So we, we could say so much about that as well. <laughs> but as and you're saying something right there. To... 
<laughs> we have to learn how to take each other into our confidences. And you know, when when a woman, another woman shares her story, we have to, you know, we have to to hold their confidence and to not, you know, they they um, you know, turn around and hear their story out in the street or someplace right. else. No, no, yes. no, no. That's not, you know, that's not of God either. Amen. And in the in the language of, of psychotherapy, because I have a lot of women who come to me and maybe for the first time they're they're sharing a story, you know, something mm-hmm. that they've kept inside, that have kept them bound, that have prevented them from, from dreaming and moving forward, you know, when they mm-hmm. come and share their story and we, mm-hmm. you know, take the covers off because, you know, God mm-hmm. cannot heal what we conceal and in the sacred therapy room, that sacred mm-hmm. place where their stories are honored and validated, you know, mm-hmm. like, yes. yeah, I, I want to hear your story. Mm-hmm. I believe your story. Yes, mm. yes, and sometimes we try to finish other people's stories for them. Um, we fail to allow others when they're um, sharing their story, and, um, you know, it's just like in church mm. sometimes when um Someone is giving their testimony, and you know, and and we always find that there are those who think they can finish that person's story, or they can tell mm. it better than them. But, but, wow. uh, but I think that you know that we have to allow people to be free to share their story, not our story right. about who they are. Everyone has, and um, and, and we're and, and we're all, and, and then the good thing, Doctor Cook, is that we're all a part of God's story. Amen. Everything that we've been through, um, we're still a part of God's story God's because God story. has a story, and that story, you know, continues to unfold. And so we have to ask ourselves the question as women, um, you know, men and women, we have to ask ourselves the question, where is God in yes. my story? In my or, story. you know, where am I in God's story, to put it in a better oh. way? Um, because yes. God has a plan. Once again, He has a story, and um, and and we're a part of that. And it's continuing. Hallelujah. It's continually unfolding. Amen. And God is, you know, our story is not finished. Even after we, not you know, leave, you know, a- after we are going to be with the Lord, our story mm-hmm. is still continuing to unfold. God's story is continuing to Amen. unfold. You you know, and we often hear you can stop. The dreamer, but you can't stop the dream. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, even as our lives end, the dreams continue. Mm -hmm. The legacy Mm -hmm. that we have established that God, He completes Mm -hmm. the story. I really like that. And, you know, as you were talking, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, how women, you know, I'm talking in particular, will silence themselves. You know, Mm. it's one thing Mm. when the world will silence you through racism, through injustice, mm-hmm. through all these other mm-hmm. isms, but they will silence mm-hmm. you, you know, and relationships that are abusive, you know, and controlling, mm-hmm. they will try to silence you. But it's even mm-hmm. worse when we silence ourselves. And yes, I, yes, I'm glad you said that, um, Dr. Cook, um, because mm-hmm. one thing that has happened, especially with, African-American women, um, because there are so many um, negative images in the media 
for example, mm. of, of African-American women, that we're outspoken and that we're, uh, you know, this loud and sometimes uncouth. These are some mm. negative and controlling images of women. Mm. And so as a result of some of those images and those American myths about black women, um, that we're strong and that we're, you know, that we are uh, too verbal or too vocal. Mm. And so some okay. women will... will um, sit back and not really say anything, even when they reach um, a certain level as far as being in corporate America. But some women will actually um, feel intimidated and they feel that they have to be silenced, that they can't really speak up because someone would think that they are that strong black woman who is uh, using her strength in a way that's negative. And yeah. so uh, I think that's one reason, you know, why some women, um, some women are quiet. And then feeling, you know, feeling that they may not be taken seriously on the other end of the scale because mm-hmm. there's so many myths about black women that, we, that we're inferior. That's another uh, myth about yeah. black women. And so yeah. sometimes as a result of that, we spend so much time um, trying to work harder and trying to prove something to others um, that, that we do actually um, match up to uh, to everything. Everyone else. Amen. You know, and what 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 happens is, we, in order to to be accepted, in order to mm-hmm. feel that we will be valued, <clears throat> we begin to mm-hmm. dummy down. You know, and, and we hear yes. this a lot yes. in relationships where women, in order to feel uh, accepted and to have a man accept them. They dummy mm-hmm. themselves down. They're afraid to be who they are in order that someone yes. else can feel secure. And that I see it all the time, you know, as I, yes. um, you know, I've done some, some research looking at young girls. And mm-hmm. the research looks at young girls from elementary school uh, who started out knowing who they are. They start out mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. healthy sense of self-esteem. But then when mm-hmm. they reach, like, middle school and they begin to take in the messages that society sends to us about, you know, what a woman ought to do, how mm-hmm. what she should become, mm-hmm. these young girls go from knowing who they are to not knowing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were once confident yes. and once had dreams but in order to fit in, they begin to yes. say, I don't know. And they begin yes. to get confused on who they want to be. They want to be like the latest and the greatest. They lose their own voice. They lose their own dreams because mm-hmm. the messages that they are receiving says that I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I have to be this. Mm-hmm. I have to be that. So they actually yes. silence themselves because of societal pressure. So that's yes. a segue mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the work that you're doing with self-esteem yes. and young girls. Please yes, tell us. and yes, I, yes, I, um, yes, I'll be happy to share with you. Um, basically, I started a ministry to women, and then um, the Lord inspired me to include young ladies, ages 13 through 18, as a part of um, the work that I do in helping um, to empower women. Uh, seeing need once again for young ladies to um, have a healthy self-esteem because um, because of the lack of uh, self-esteem or healthy self-esteem, uh, sometimes a young lady or an older woman can end up in an abusive relationship because mm. if you don't really know or understand the, the 
value that you have and the worth that you have, then um, if someone mistreats you, you will feel that you deserve to be um, mistreated. And we know that God, um, you know, values each and every one of us. God values uh, women and men, and he values um, each of us. And so I found it to be very, um, you know, just, just a joy to have um, the Superstar Seminar as a part of Sisters Keeping the Covenant, which is a mm. 501c3 nonprofit ministry to women and girls. And for the uh, Superstar Seminar, I actually have uh, someone, um, for example, Miss New Jersey and Miss South Carolina, um, someone mm. from a beauty pageant or someone with notoriety um, mm-hmm. in the media has come to crown the young ladies for success at the Superstar wow. Seminar. Mm-hmm. And they would actually put a crown, place a crown on their head, and then uh, give a speech, you know, to them, an empowering speech, giving them pointers and tips on how to um, have a, a healthy self-image. And, and that was, you know, in, in fact, that's one of the, the, the my favorite parts of the Women's Conference is the Superstar Seminar. Wow, and um, and the lady, the girls, you know, they they they're just so excited and so sweet. Some of yeah. them actually will keep their crowns on for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of the conference. <laughs> they walk around with the crown on their heads, and uh, I mean, mm. it's just just a wonderful sight to behold and to know that their mm-hmm. lives have been touched and empowered at a conference. Um, and and Dr. Cook, some you know, some people are intimidated. Some men are intimidating and some women are intimidated about ministry to women and girls um, because they think that it's just women um, getting together to talk about them and to mm, say wow. how terrible they are and how badly they're treated by men. But, um, but, but that's not really what women's ministry is about. Um, it's about empowering women spiritually and helping women yeah. women to become, um, you know, better wives and better mothers yeah. and to, to discover their purpose, their God-given purpose and assignment in life. And, and so I think that there are a lot of um, misunderstandings when it comes to um, the need for ministry to women, which is uh, definitely, you know, within our churches, we don't have enough opportunities for women to be ministered to for all of the challenges that we yeah. um, face, you know, just the, you know, the domestic violence and, you know, mm-hmm. violence against women and sexual um, abuse against women and, you know, and then education, um, you know, and, and all of those other um, stigmas, especially that are attached to being a black woman in America mm-hmm. today, uh, you know, that we're loud, that we're like sapphires and, you know, yeah. and the other image that we're like Jezebels. And, and, and we see it. I mean, when I was, you know, when we were growing up, Rose, we used to always watch um, Fred Sanford, you know, uh, Sanford yeah. and Son. And, and we yeah. would see um, Aunt Esther. And, um, you know, just in doing some research on these controlling images, uh, we mm-hmm. could really say that Aunt Esther really was portraying the role of a sapphire because she yeah. seemed to be one of those emasculating women who was uh, basically trying to emasculate a man. And that was the image that she was portraying when she would uh, threaten to hit Fred Sanford up, upside his head. Yeah. <laughs> and she would call him mm-hmm. old fish-eyed fool. And we used to laugh about it. But really, yeah. that was not making a positive. That was not making a positive statement about women. It was it showing was. us in a way, or portraying us in a in a way that was negative. Yes, and when those images are perpetuated, you know, it 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 does not shed a positive light on who we are 
and then mm-hmm. sometimes we begin to internalize those negative yes. images and, and and like you said we frown upon women's ministries and women coming together because there mm-hmm. is you know this mistrust about well what are they talking about what are they trying mm-hmm. to, to to plan but you know it can be very empowering when women come together and share yes. stories and begin to empower each other. So I, I definitely yes. believe in women's ministries and applaud you for the work that you're doing to to empower women. Amen. So Amen. You wrote a book, you finished your dissertation and you yes. wrote a book Dry Your Weeping Eyes. Yes. Can you tell us mm-hmm. what is Tell us about your book and your research. Yes. Yes. Um, It's a joy, um, Dr. Cook. Woman Dry Your Weeping Eyes is really, um, it's the project that I did as a student in seminary. And what I did, um, Dr. Cook, was I I, um, brought seven women clergy together. And I, um, you know, basically trained them in how to develop ministries for women. Now my mm. research entailed um my research entailed looking at the challenges and this is all in the book. I looked at some of the specific challenges that women face, such as challenges of poverty, uh, realizing that with the billions um upon billions of people who are in the world that women suffer the most when it comes to poverty. And realizing mm. also, um, you know, that women, black women in particular, particular, are seen as being uneducated. And so research tells us that black women actually are um, more educated statistically than women of other races. And mm. that we have had a rise as far as the, the numbers of black women who are actually um, going to college. And so, mm. uh, you know, and so some of these things are just not true, but um, with as far as my book is concerned, it, it presents the challenges, but it also presents an opportunity for women clergy, especially for women clergy. And okay. it posits that women clergy are the ideal persons to develop ministries to meet the needs of women. The problem is that we don't have enough ministries to meet women's needs in the 21st century. But the solution to the one solution is that women clergy who are also women themselves or ourselves, um, mm-hmm. but yet, and we've experienced a lot of the same struggles, a lot mm-hmm. of the same um, heartaches, challenges that other women have faced, but yet and still we have a spiritual context. We can see it through the eyes of Scripture. And so that's why, um, Dr. Cook, um, I'm contending and research um, proves it that women clergy are the best ones to develop these ministries. Now, that's mm-hmm. not to say that a male pastor cannot sufficiently minister to a woman, but we mm-hmm. need the types of ministries where women can come together and share their stories. Um, suffice it to say that a lot of the hurt that um, women have experienced, um, unfortunately, a lot of it has come um, from relationships with men. And so uh, sometimes uh, another woman can understand and can, um, you know, have compassion, even more so mm-hmm. compassion, because she can relate to some of those painful experiences. And as you know, and as I prior stated, a woman clergy can see it through the eyes of Scripture and develop mm-hmm. these ministries. Wow, that's exciting! That's so exciting, and I uh, yes. definitely agree with what you're saying. You know, women can relate 
to another woman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. particularly if yeah. that that woman is affirming and if that woman is a good listener and if the woman is not intimidated because, you know, I have found that in some situations uh, some women clergy can be intimidated by uh, other clergy women or other women who are successful. So so I definitely mm-hmm. agree that a, a woman who's secure, you know, who's being led by the Holy Spirit and is yes. not afraid to nurture another woman yes. can definitely, yes. and, you know, mm-hmm. promote healing yes. and help birth the dreams of women. Yes, and we can't be so afraid of seeing another woman advance and get blessed. And so, uh, you know, as individuals, each of us has to say, Lord, search my heart and see if there be any wicked way that's in me. See if there be any childish way that's in me. And uh, and you're right, a woman who is mature, um, a woman who is not... Um, you know, a woman who is not insecure is able mm-hmm. to be a blessing to another woman. And, and, and really, research, um, Dr. Cook shows us that women who have succeeded, um, you know, they didn't do it by themselves. It was the right. help of other men and other women who um, yeah. helped to push them to the top, whose shoulders they stand mm-hmm. on. I think about mm-hmm. Bishop um, Vashti McKenzie, who was yeah. elevated to become the first. Um, elected and consecrated female bishop in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And um, and how she said, you know, when she gave her speech after she was elected, she said that she didn't do this by herself. And as That's women, right. we have to realize that if another sister is going to succeed, that they cannot do it by themselves. By they themselves. need us, that we have to Amen. support one another and encourage one another and pray Amen. for one another. Um, you know, and that's what it's all about. And we can be role models um, to one yeah. another. Hey, Amen. I, I definitely agree with that. And you know, there's a there's a, a series of of writings that deal with helping people overcome a trauma. And one statement that stands out um, is that we get hurt in relationships, but we can also get healed in relationships. And relationships are the vehicles that God uses, you know, mm-hmm. to, to to help us to heal and to help us to yes. uh, overcome pain and overcome yes. obstacles. So what better relationship than a relationship, you know, with another woman who has gone mm-hmm. through, who, who understands what it is like, you know, to walk mm-hmm. in the shoes of a woman to help another woman to grow and to uh, help her to birth her dreams. Yes, Amen. yes. That's beautiful. And, you know, and, and basically in Woman Dry Your Weeping Eyes, it brings out, you know, all of the positive ways that we are able to impact other women's lives. Um, and, and as women clergy, how we are able to, uh, you know, to study and to, because if we don't realize that there's a need for ministry to women, then we will not um, go forth and try to, uh, you know, develop ministries to help other women. And so the women in the study that I did, they first of all had to engage a questionnaire um, and, you know, and and I asked them very clearly, uh, you know, what ministries are there in your neighborhood that, um, you know, that are especially uh, ministering to the needs of women. 
And most of the women in this um, study uh, could not think of three ministries for women in their communities. And so they were motivated. The women clergy were motivated by need. And so I believe Mm -hmm. that the women clergy know that there's a need, that that motivates them to want to do something to help other women. Mm Wow. Amen. When there is a need. mm -hmm. Yes. And there's so many needs all around us. and, And, you know, because of our own brokenness, sometimes we cannot see the needs of others. And so that brings me to another point, um, you know, that women clergy have needs as well. We're women. We've been hurt. I was at one women's conference, and um, when the speaker facilitator asked for women who had been raped to stand, Mm. a lot of the Mm. women preachers stood up. Mm. And so there are a lot of women preachers, even as we go and minister to the needs of others, of women and men and women, we still have brokenness and we still have areas in our lives that need to be healed. And so that's another um, aspect of the book is just, you know, the recognition that as women clergy that we have to take care of ourselves so that we can be even more so effective in helping others. Amen. And and Ash, I'm so glad you, you brought out that point about the the number of clergy women who've been abused, you know, and who are mm-hmm. hurting, but yet they are clergy, they're pastoring, they're preaching, they're yes. leading, but yet yes. they carry, you know, this this stigma, you know, this pain of of abuse. Yes. And yes. so many of my my listeners and you know the people that I sit with and I counsel who have dreams, you know, locked away, and because of mm. abuse, they silence mm-hmm. themselves because of of hurt and the shame. They've not uh, come yes. forth to accomplish their dreams. But you know, God, Hallelujah, you know, He takes yes. the the brokenness out of um, mm-hmm. in our lives and He creates wholeness. So even Amen. though we have been broken. You know, mm-hmm. we are not uh, uh, unable to dream. We we still can go on and accomplish our dreams. And when you Amen. are in relationship with someone and you b- begin to share that hurt, mm-hmm. you know, that abuse, God can begin yeah. to heal and mend it. And you, too, can go on, you know, and develop ministries. And maybe, yes. you know, God has a calling on your life as a woman who's been abused, and you can go on and become a pastor, you know, a leader of women's ministries, a leader in your community. So that is just so encouraging to hear that even with our woundedness, God uses Mm -hmm. us to be healers. Amen. And so, you know, um, we are wounded healers to some, Mm -hmm. you know, we are wounded healers. Each and every one of us can relate to um, being broken at some point. And even after we um, go into the ministry, we're still wounded sometimes in friendships and relationships. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even um, I'm sure, you know, some women clergy who um, who are single and who may have to go through a divorce, um, yeah. all of these things are common to all women, um, not Amen. just women who are uh, lay women, but to preachers as well. And we yes. can have the compassion because we've been there. And even mm. if it, even if we um, were not abused or experienced domestic violence, we still can relate to what it means um, to be a woman who is pushed aside or a woman whose feelings 
are not regarded. Um, we can relate to, uh, you know, to those feelings, and so we can have compassion. And I feel mm-hmm. that compassion is a very important part of ministry to women and to people because the scripture even tells us that Jesus had compassion and healed their sicknesses. And, and, and so I feel that, you know, that, uh, that, that that we have to pray and ask God to help us to have compassion. And as women, we can have compassion when we have experienced some of the self-same problems as other women. Yes, amen, amen. Now, before we we close out, um, I want to congratulate you on your recent appointment as director of the Women's Center at the seminary. Can you you. tell us about the work that you're doing there and, you know, just, you know, how God, you know, has positioned you to to attain such a, a great position there at Louisville? Praise the Lord. Yes, I'm happy to share that. Um, Well, basically, I've been doing ministry to women for over 20 years, and so I feel that um, God opening this opportunity to me um, is is just a tremendous blessing and an honor to to be able to uh, be the director of the center, Women's Center, because the Women's Center is concerned about um, spiritual empowerment, but it's also concerned about social justice. And so we have programs, um, the programs, some of the programs are pertaining to ending violence against women. And so we have um, Victory Over Violence Week, which is actually going on right now as I'm speaking. Mm. We have a a play, a one-woman play that's taking place this evening, and um, and it's about ending violence, about um, violence that takes place in, in home settings. And so all this week, we're going to have chapel services, and we're going to have uh, more opportunities for uh, discussions and conversations about ending violence against women. But, of course, that's not the only challenge that women face. So the center also yeah. provides an opportunity. Uh, for example, I'll be planning a women's health and wellness fair. Uh, women need to know more about um, our bodies. We need to know about health issues that affect us as women, the disparities that are especially prevalent within the African American within the African American community. Um, mm-hmm. We need to know about obesity and high blood mm-hmm. pressure and HIV AIDS awareness. So uh, all of these kinds of things will take place here at the Women's Center um, at LPTS, and I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to also having tea time uh, because mm. once we get this opportunity for women to come to the center and to share our stories and to encourage Amen. one another and nurture one another. And so I'm also going to have something called Woman Spirit Wednesday where women mm. can come together and we can, if you have a gift of song, you can sing. If, if you want to share poetry, you can do that. You can bring um, artwork, anything that you feel and know that God has blessed you and gifted you with. On Woman Spirit Wednesday, you can come to the Women's Center and share your special gift. That's how we encourage one another, and that's how we edify one another. Somebody else is going to get inspired and yes. maybe even get healed and delivered. Amen. And that's what it's all about, inspiring yes. someone to yes. dream again, you know, to yes. never give up. And I didn't play the song today, but I, I usually for for this segment, you know, I play the song by Yolanda Adams, Never Give Up. And that's, oh, that's so that true. Song. 
Yes, we yes. we need inspiration because there are times that we get discouraged. There are times when we deal with life mm-hmm. issues. There are times when when Amen. women get depressed. You know, relationship issues. You know, losses occur, financial issues, and you know, and that can knock the wind out of your sails. And sometimes mm. it can be paralyzing. But we do need yes. inspiration so that we can continue you know, to, to, to dream and, and never give up. So Amen. before never we, give up. Never give up. You know, before we close, I just wanted to just leave uh seven steps to achieving your dreams. And the first step is dream it. You have to have a dream, you know, uh you start out in childhood with dreams of what you want to become. So you have to just have a dream. It begins in your heart and in your mind. And then you have to believe it. Believe that what you dream will come to pass. You know, no matter how lofty that dream is, believe it. And not only believe it, but you have to see it. You know, see that dream, get a a visual picture of it. Imagine yourself, you know, what you will look like, how you will feel, what you will be Mm. wearing. You know, and some people are in the habit of creating these vision boards, and these vision boards have a lot of power because it, it puts on paper, on a board, those dreams that you have inside of you so it becomes visual, and you begin to mm, see it, yeah. and when you can see it, then, you know, you set the, the wheels in motion to accomplish it. And another step, tell it. You have to talk it, talk to someone. And that's yeah. where, you know, Reverend Thomas, you're talking about these groups, these women's ministry groups where women can talk about their dreams. Yes. They can, you know, talk about, you know, where they are and maybe the challenges that they're yet facing. But in telling your story and telling about your dream, that will also help you to move closer to fulfilling your dream. Then you have to begin to plan, you know, write the vision and make it plain, as the scripture says, so that he that uh, may, may read it. So we have to begin to plan it, have some mm. goals, mm. you know. And I started off saying a goal is a dream with a deadline. You know, start off with a a goal that maybe in three months, you know, I'll accomplish. You know, losing my weight in three months, I will begin to have my first chapter of my book completed. You know, in three mm. months. You know, I will have that job that I've been looking for. So, you know, we have to set some goals and write them down um, as we aspire to dream. And then after we plan it, we have to work it. You know, Mm, you you can't just have a dream, (laughs) amen, and have a plan, but we have to put some feet to that dream and that plan and begin to work it. So keep yes. it moving, you know. Uh, we always t- talk about, you know, problems and setbacks, and the latest saying is keep it moving. So we got to yes. go ahead and, and work our dream and keep it moving. And then once you get to that place, 
that you've been praying about, that you've dreamed about, that you've planned, and you work towards it, and now that you're there, enjoy it. Amen. Mm, amen. And I, I heard you say that, Dr. Thomas, that I'm just, I'm, I enjoy, you know, I'm just loving, and I could hear yes. the excitement in your voice that says that you are enjoying the dream that you're living. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. yes. And it's a joy. I mean, when I do a women's conference, um, I'm so excited that before one conference is over, I'm already thinking and planning and praying towards um, the next one. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just a continued cycle mm-hmm. of wanting to be um, available to, to God to be used Amen. to fulfill the purpose that he has given, you know, to me and to, to, to each and every one of us. Amen. And our dreams ought to be something that will better somebody else's life, that will yes. enhance yes. somebody. You know, our dreams shouldn't be self-centered. You know, I just want a million dollars. For what? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to contribute to society or are you going to contribute to someone who's in need? So with with your dreams, you know, mm, when God gives mm. us dreams, it's not just for ourselves. You Amen. know, it's to Amen. help to inspire, you know, to uh, help someone else, you know, be better. So I just thank God for the privilege and the opportunity to share this segment Rediscovering oh, Your you. Dreams. And yes. you have been such an inspiration to us. And I know oh, that thank you. those <laughs> lives that you touch are left in a better condition than when they first encountered you. So continue to let God use you in every area thank of your you. life. And I just, you know, thank God for all that you've gone through to get you to where you are today and that you Amen. didn't mind sharing your story with us. Thank you. And thank you, Dr. Cook, for allowing me to share um, with you. And if, if anyone would like to uh, know more about uh, the ministry, they can go to my website at sktcovenant.org. And um, basically, if you'd like to uh, to have a book or get a copy of my book, Woman, Dry Your Weeping Eyes, you can send a message to uh, that particular um, website, or you can call me at 859-576-1120. That's 859-576-1120. Thank you so much. God bless you. And to my listeners, you. if you know of a woman or anyone who might need some help, some one-on-one inspiration to help you move forward, perhaps you're dealing with depression or anxiety or the challenges of life have gotten you stuck, you can call 410-728-1800, Totally Whole Pastoral Counseling Center, And we can work with you to help you to be freed from whatever ails you. Because God doesn't just want us healed, but he wants us whole, totally whole. Nothing missing and nothing broken. So stay tuned to Totally Whole Blog Talk Radio every Monday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. 
Dr. I'm sorry, Reverend Bridget Goings Gray will be the host next week. We alternate, so listen in and receive the blessing of the word coming from our Pastor Bridget Goings Gray. Amen. So we just thank God for each of you here. So stay tuned for our promo. God bless you and have a great week in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Thomas. Thank you. Welcome to the Family Healing Circle, where we heal the mind, body, and soul. Join us every Monday for Totally Whole with Dr. Rosemary Cook and Pastor Bridget as they discuss issues related to spirituality and mental health with emphasis on wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. Get your money right Tuesdays on Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show is the tool you need to develop a healthy relationship with your money and financial legacy. Every Thursday is a treat as we mix it up. On the first Thursday of the month, it's Total Empowerment with Angela Hart, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out. The second Thursday of the month is Relationship Talk on One Love, One Connection, One Up with Reverends Arlene Cahet and Harvey L. Bailey as they give you practical advice for creating a spiritual union to have the relationship you want. Call in with your relationship questions. Calling all brothers on the third Thursday of the month, it's the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam. It's a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. When there is a fourth Thursday in the month, we have the Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahet, healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. Every Friday, let's talk love, sex, and nutrition with sexual wellness coach Bondria Walters and sex enthusiast Zakia Lana. The hottest sexual health and wellness and nutrition show around. This is for the grown and sexy. Listen at your own risk. If you don't know, now you know. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's the best in entertainment, education, and talk radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.